Hello, everyone, and welcome to Second Take Sports. I'm Tyler. And I'm Joe. And for today's episode, we're going to be discussing the NBA uh, playoff format that was announced recently, along with the NFL 2020 draft that happened a couple months ago. Yep. Um, and so uh, for the NBA playoff format, um, there's going to be 22 teams invited to Orlando uh, starting on July 31st, I believe. And these teams will compete uh, for eight regular season games, and then the playoff tournament will start. And this tournament is going to be uh, the traditional NBA tournament where there'll be, you know, one seeds one through eight with the one added uh, component of a uh, ninth seed where there'll be an eight and nine seed play in game um, for that uh, final spot. So, uh, Joe, why don't we just um, talk about uh, our uh, our opinions of this format and what we think is going to happen with it? Well, first, I'm just very excited that we have sports back. Basketball's back July 31st. Very excited. To be honest, I um, don't really watch the NBA regular season religiously. You know, if it's mm-hmm. on, if the Bulls are playing, I watch the Bulls. But this, I know I'm going to be watching every game possible. And I'm really excited for that 8-9 um, playing game, if that's a possibility, because you don't really see it much in basketball where one game decides if you move on or not. You know, you got the game, games up to, uh, you got the best of seven. So you, games usually go, you know, three, four, five. Um, but this is, this. I'm very excited that we can actually have one game and it's like a win, you're in type mm-hmm. situation, kind of like the March Madness, which, what, which, which we missed this year. Yeah. And I totally agree. Um, one thing that's interesting, uh, is the, the nine seed in order to have this play in game must be within, I believe it's four wins yeah. or yeah. four, four wins, four, four losses games, of yeah. the, of the eight seed. Mm-hmm. And, um, if anyone has checked out the teams that made it thus far, um, there probably won't be a situation like that in the East, in the Eastern Conference. But the Western Conference, there's I think there's like four or five teams competing for that play-in spot. So it's the uh, San Antonio Spurs, the New Orleans Pelicans, the Sacramento Kings, the uh, Trailblazers, and the Phoenix Suns. So those are the teams that will be competing to have a spot uh, for, for that, uh, chasing that eight seed. Eight, nine, yep. You know, and I think it really changes um, the outlook of the whole these these first eight games that they're going to play because it's always in in NBA it's always been top eight top eight but now mm-hmm. you got that extra little bubble to get that top nine um, but yeah it'll definitely be interesting on the west side the east side we only got nine teams in the east mm-hmm. who, are, who, are in, who are in the top twenty two so and and the ninth seed the the current I think it's like the Wizards right now are. Mm-hmm so far behind in games. I think yeah. they're five and a half games behind uh, the Magic, the, mm. uh, the Orlando Magic, and, and I think that they're going to be um, essentially out of the tournament before right. it even starts. Um, they have very little chance of, of getting back in it, but in the West, it's a totally different story, mm. especially with Zion and the Pelicans. Yes. So many people want to see yes. Zion sneak into that eight seed, maybe even get as high mm. as, a, as a seven seed, and then get to face off against either LeBron and the Lakers or Kawhi and the Clippers. And that was, yeah. And and that was a lot of the controversy too, going into this is people think that they created the whole system based off of Zion. They wanted the NBA, ESPN, Mm -hmm. they wanted Zion in the playoffs. They wanted to have Zion in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So here we go. We got top 22, which is, yeah. Why, why top 22, you know? And, (laughs) and then, yeah, they, and, and they even gave, we, we, I mean, I, I personally think they gave the Pelicans that, that cushion for the nine seed because they're right around there. 
They're on that. They're, they're that bubble team to just any last bit of effort to get Zion in the playoffs because they got to build that brand. And yeah. We all know watching Zion last year and the amount of uh, anticipation attention and, and the yeah, hype. Yep, yep. yep. Um, well, There's no no surprise there. Um, and even some of the players came out against it too, saying that yeah, this was definitely a Zion. It was a Zion move. Influence, yeah, yeah Zion move. So. Um, and and there's I think that it it does speak volumes to the the current nature of the NBA. And mm-hmm. how they want to promote. Um, if you look at the West, almost every team that uh, is kind of a, we'll call them a bubble team. We have to call them bubble teams now in the NBA. Right. That's a new thing. Bubble teams, yeah. Um, uh, every bubble team in the West is essentially hanging on to like one uh, young new star. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the Pelicans have Zion, the, the Grizzlies have John Morant, and yeah. um, right. there's uh, Damian Lillard. Yep, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yep. And each of these teams has, has a lot of potential, but they're just not quite there yet. Yeah. Um, I think that they're, I don't want to say that they're going to be, um, you know, knocked out like in four games by the Clippers or the Lakers or, Mm -hmm. or, uh, even some of the other higher seeded uh, teams in the West. But I think that could be the reality. And the, the the Zion move, we'll call it, um, was maybe just meant to get the cities more involved in Mm -hmm. in, in the picture. And, um, Mm -hmm. even if they don't have much of a chance later on, um, but I would love to talk about um, our predictions yeah, uh, for it. this uh, upcoming um, kind of unprecedented tournament. So, yeah. Joe, who do you think has the best chance to win the 2020 quarantine NBA championships? Um, now, I know this is popular belief, very popular belief, but I think the Los Angeles Lakers by far have the best shot at winning this championship. And it really comes down to the one player, as we all know, LeBron James. <laughs> and I think he is just so he's he's ready after uh, last year. You know, not even making the playoffs, right? They didn't make the playoffs last year. No, no, the, the Lakers. Lakers yeah. The Lakers were a big disappointment, mm-hmm. I would say, last year. And so uh, he's he's definitely hungry for it, and he has the players. And I think he's happy. He's finally happy with the players that are that are around mm-hmm. him. Um, and dare I say this, that, uh, last dance, uh, documentary probably boosted his, uh, confidence boosted. Cause his, we all know uh, motivation. He Oh we yeah. He definitely he, yeah. watched it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think him seeing that, that, that's all the motivation he needs to take out Kawhi and the Clippers in the Western finals to move on. Joe, I, I love your opinion, but I have to disagree with you on this one. I think mm-hmm. that the Clippers are the ones that are going to come out of the West yeah. and then beat whoever comes out of the East, probably the Bucks. Right. Um, the Los Angeles Clippers have long been the underdogs and kind of the overshadowed team in, in Los Angeles. And I think that, um, this is the year that they finally kind of break over that hump. And the reason they're going to do that is because they have Kawhi Leonard, who mm-hmm. is a proven giant slayer. He looks at a player like LeBron. He looks at the, the, the Warriors. Yeah. Um, I mean, he did this when he was with the Spurs, yep. he did this when he was with the Raptors and he takes that top team. And he beats them. Yeah. And he and he's done it twice. And I think they're going to, the Clippers have the star power and the supporting cast to do it again. Um, the, the, the Los Angeles uh, Lakers are definitely more of a rhythm team and they need to establish, um, especially the perimeter. I think that the, uh, the, the Clippers currently have a much more solid shooting perimeter than the Lakers do. Um, and while the Lakers might have a, a, a better job defending and even attacking inside the paint with um, with Anthony Davis, who is definitely a better second player than uh, Paul George for the Lakers, 
uh, or for the Clippers, I'm sorry, the, the Clippers, I think, will just have a much um, more complete lineup, and that'll carry them probably to a Game 7. It's going to be close, mm-hmm. but in my opinion, I think they'll, seven, they'll, yeah. they'll take it all the way to the uh, the championship and then be yeah. whoever comes out of the East. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I just see... I just see LeBron taking over. I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm not a LeBron fan, but knowing him and what's all been going on, I can see I can see LeBron taking over and definitely taking advantage of the Clippers' health. Mm. Is Kawhi going to be 100? percent Is Paul George going to be 100? percent You know, we don't know. Mm. I'm seeing here, yeah, Paul Paul George missed 22 games this it's season. True. It's true. Kawhi 13. So when you got to rely on somebody, when when it's when it's when you got a tie game, 15 seconds left. You got to rely on LeBron James. I mean, he'll 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 be in that position. He wants to be in that position. This is the LeBron James yeah. that's three and five. Exactly. His NBA Finals. This career. is the this is the LeBron James who is seeing the world turn into Jordan fans after that documentary. I'm still that documentary is all the motivation he needs to take this team to a championship. I'll give you, I'll give you that that 2016 Finals performance. That's right. Yeah. Probably his yep. best moment. The famous today. block. When he, yeah. The famous block. Uh, the famous the drive. There. And if mm-hmm. he's able to conjure up that kind of drive yeah. against the Clippers and what I think is inevitably going to be a Western Conference final matchup between mm-hmm. these two teams. Um, there's a few teams that we can we can get into later that might play spoiler, but but I, right. I do think um, that it will be Lakers Clippers most likely. Um, but but yeah, like I was saying with with LeBron, I think that if he's able to um, elevate himself to that level of play and that level of competition, and not only that, but inspire the rest of the Lakers mm-hmm. to get to that point, All the young I think guys. that it, it's going to be a very tight series. Yeah, I do think I still think that the Clippers have an edge though because the Clippers they're they're so used to being the B team in Los Angeles, and 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 I think that if the the season had stayed you know the same. And you'd have a Los Angeles matchup in in the Staples Center. Um, you're going to get this this complete imbalance in the number of fans that both teams have brought. That's so, true. Yeah. So you have seven games yeah. potentially that are all going to be Lakers home games. Now in right. Orlando with no fans, with the two K playing field, with the two, yeah. yeah, with the two K yeah, noise, noise, they're going to add in. Yeah, uh, I think that, that is, really evens the playing field. That is for in favor of the Clippers. It's a big disadvantage for the Lakers, and I would say also. The Bucks mm. would have had home court advantage throughout the entirety of the playoffs. Now, yeah, are playing in Orlando with no fans. I mean, mm-hmm. that definitely against takes a or against Orlando, most yeah, likely. Orlando the will first be playing. Round. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. they're the eight seed in the in the East. But so what we're saying is that this this Los Angeles series is coming down. It's it's who's trying to prove what? You got LeBron trying to prove that he's the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. And the lake and the and the Clippers trying to prove that they're not number two anymore in LA. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited for it. I really hope. I mean, I personally do not like big underdog stories. I did not want to see the Rockets just ruin this for us and go to the Western <laughs> Finals, or or you got like the the, the Grizzlies coming out of nowhere. Something the John Morant goes mm-hmm. off. I mean, I, I I can't see that, but I just I really I really want to see an LA series. That'll be a lot of fun. I just, and I think in all likelihood we will. Yeah. Um, but it's funny you bring up the Rockets because the Rockets, as we know, with uh, with uh, Russell Westbrook and James Harden, are they have one of the best duos um, for sure in for the sure. West. I mean, and that that's saying a lot, especially considering that you have you know the LeBron ads and the the Kawhi Paul Georges of the West. I mean, they they're 
arguably right up there. Mm-hmm. Um, do I think that they're quite on the same level? Probably not. But I think that they could play spoiler, um, right. especially in the first round, because right now they're a six seed and they're slated to face the Denver Nuggets. Mm-hmm. And the Nuggets are a team of, of relatively young players, relatively right. new players who I don't think are quite there. Who did the Nuggets have? That's uh, Nikolai Jokic. Yeah, yeah, yeah Jokic. So, um, yeah. You know, and then their 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 supporting cast just isn't quite as strong. I don't think they have anyone to really contend mm-hmm. with with Harden and Westbrook, and um, and I think they will struggle. Yeah, because then it's it's looking. Well, also we got to remember, there's not a person over seven feet on the Rockets, right? Oh, aren't yeah. they all Aren't they all under seven? Is there? Yeah, I'm trying to think if there are any true true center players I think because they got rid of uh, Capella, mm-hmm. and that was their like big guy, and now I don't even know. I think. Harden's like one of their tallest players now. You know, you got, mm. but and obviously, like an offensive beast. Um, yeah, it it has been fun before this whole quarantine and the shutdown of the NBA, the NBA season. It was fun watching Russ and Harden get along. Mm-hmm. At the start of the season, you could tell there was there, there was, was tension. A, the chemistry was not there, mm-hmm. and now it's there, just like you see LeBron and AD. Right, the, and and that definitely stems from the Oklahoma City yeah. Uh, yeah. Rockets matchups that we've seen in the past because mm-hmm. they, they were they were competitors, two, yeah. two great competitors. Yeah. Uh, now kind of on the same team with with a lot of potential. Honestly, I think that um, Vegas has them in in, uh, in terms of their odds as the fourth best chance to win it all, yeah. um, which I kind of find insane. That surprises me. Yeah. Yes, uh, it's Bucks, Lakers, Clippers, Rockets in that order. Followed by the Celtics, Raptors, Celtics. Nuggets. Celtics and Raptors. I feel like those are going to be two dark horses, mm-hmm. definitely, because everybody counted out the Raptors once Kawhi left. Right. Like, okay, Raptors. And then here they are. They. Yeah. I, I forgot when it was in the season, but they they had like a better record through the like their first forty than it was the season before when they won the championship. Right. And people are arguing that they're an even better team than they were last year. Yeah, early in the season, they were in contention for the one seed against the right, Bucks. Right. The team with the current best record yeah. in the NBA most likely is going to finish with the best mm-hmm. record. Um, and I think that in in most projections that I've seen, especially the one from ESPN, the the uh, Raptors are ranked incredibly low. And even Vegas mm-hmm. is near. They're a two seed, and they're ranked below a six seed and a four seed in, yeah. the, in the Rockets and Clippers. Um, and I'm wondering if the reason that is is because the Bucks are just too dominant right now. Um, that that's what I think is as as good as the Raptors are, and I think they're almost better than last year. The Bucks are even better, and they're mm-hmm. they're tired of being that team with all that potential. I mean, they've been good for years now, and they've gotten they've gotten a, a, just a few Eastern Finals appearances to show from it. So I think it's definitely time for the Bucks to shine. I don't think they'll have a problem against the Raptors, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a, that uh, Raptors Bucks series go six, seven games. Yeah, I um, I have to disagree with you on that one because I don't think the Raptors are going to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, and the reason oh. I don't think they're going to make it is because I the think six, or the, the uh, three seed, the three seed in the East is the Celtics. I believe, oh, currently, okay. okay, it's the Celtics, and the Raptors and the Celtics are going to have to play each other. Most likely mm-hmm. to have the 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 Bucks matchup in the Eastern Conference Finals, and I think that the Celtics, especially now with with Kemba Walker, um, who's who's like I think he's on track to become one of the ten best players in the NBA um, within the next coming years. 
Um, I think that although the Raptors are a solid team, um, they just don't have Kawhi. And Kawhi was what was what propelled them through the playoffs. I mean, if you remember last year, uh, that uh, game seven, I think it was against uh, 76ers, the legendary right. Kawhi shot. Right. He, you know, they essentially counted on him to to get past that series and then to bail him out several times against the Warriors in, in, in the mm-hmm. finals. Um, oh, without yeah. that weapon, without that piece, I do think that Kyle Lowry's a great player and Fred Van Fleet and so many other guys on the, on Pascal Siakam. I mean, he's amazing. But right. I do think that the Celtics have a slight edge with their younger core. Um, honestly, three of the best players in the East are, are on the Celtics, in my opinion. Who would that be? It's Kemba Walker uh, Jason and Jason Tatum. Tatum. And then Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then I also would say that Gordon Hayward is um, probably their fourth best and also a very, very talented player. Mm-hmm. So that's like four out of five right there who who are, you know, definitely capable of making a big run in the East. I respect that opinion because do you remember when, uh, like, Lowry scored zero points in one of those playoff games and mm-hmm. Kawhi just had to carry the whole time? But I think that's what a lot of people – um, just kind of they they fell into that trap. They saw Kawhi take over in the playoffs. They forgot all about Lowry's amazing regular season. And I would have been in the same boat, but seeing how good the Raptors are now as a team without Kawhi, I have faith in them. And I'm looking at so they're supposed to be playing the 76ers, Celtics, Nuggets, Lakers, Bucks, Rockets, Heat, and Magic. And my bold prediction for the Raptors, they're gonna go six and two. They mm-hmm. lose to the Lakers, and they lose to the Bucks. They lose to the to the to the two powerhouses, the two clear powerhouses, I think. And they, but they are going to play the Celtics in there. And I think that that game is going to be, yeah, a very nice it's gonna um, preview. Yeah, it's going to preview. Yeah, it's going to preview. Right. Think, yeah. Right. I think that's what we're going to look at a lot are these eight games because we've been in quarantine for three months now, two months. Yeah, like how two and a half. Yeah, three two and a half months. months. Yeah. So we don't we have no idea how this is messing with some of the players or the, how the this impacts health, right and and now right. all of a sudden you're back and they have mm-hmm. um like a, like about two months ish to train and, and condition and get back into shape right. and everything right. but but um, still it's, it's we it's don't know different yeah. yeah and who knows if how these players are going to be impacted playing in Orlando um, there's just so many external factors I feel like that there's no way we could put into effect. Um, so yeah, it would definitely be interested to see these these eight games are going to be huge previews uh, for for the playoffs. Okay, so now we're going to switch gears from talking about the NBA to the NFL, and we want to highlight the NFL draft. We're going to start off by talking about which quarterback that was drafted in the top ten. Which one do we think is going to have the best career overall? Mm-hmm. Best career. So, so I think. Uh, looking at the five quarterbacks who were drafted in the first round, um, the player who is going to have the best career long-term is Tua with the Dolphins. Okay. Um, okay. You know, I, I think, and, and this speaks this speaks to how the Dolphins have kind of uh, come, come very far as a team. If you look at where the Dolphins were last year, uh, I believe they went 5-11, and 11, and they were projected mm-hmm. to be an 0-16 team or at best, like a one in 15 team. And, um, you know, maybe one of the worst teams in NFL history. Thank for Tua. And they got him. They got him. They yeah. got him. And, and, and they, they didn't even have to really tank. They weren't yeah. the worst team. You know, they obviously yeah. with Tua's injury, I think that, um, 
you know, Joe Burrow was the obvious quarterback choice. But if not for Tua's injury, who's the top quarterback? I don't know. I I, I, yeah, I would almost rather take Tua long term. And I okay. think that that speaks to um, how his career at Alabama has played out. Um, mm. I have nothing against Joe Burrow. I think he's a phenomenal athlete and he's and he's incredibly talented. But when I look at what Tua was able to accomplish in Alabama and just the level of um, competition and athleticism that he displayed, I think that he's got like one of the best arms, if not the best arm of any quarterback in the draft and, and probably will have the uh, ability to kind of sustain the longest of any quarterback. Um, and so that's why for me, I'm going to go with Tua if I was going to have to pick a quarterback that I think is going to make it the farthest. All right. Well, my guy's Joe Burrow. But I first want to um, give some respect to the Dolphins organization and Tua because this is the same Dolphins that passed up Drew Brees because they thought he was too risky. <laughs> so to pick Tua, who I think is has an the injured, most risk, an Tua. An, an, yeah, an injury-prone, injured Tua, for the Dolphins to pick that up, you know that they've really grown. And I'm happy for them. And frankly, I would rather be a Dolphins fan right now than a Bears fan because the Dolphins are definitely heading up in the right direction. And then I also got to respect Tua because he went through a lot of what NFL quarterbacks go through. And it's mm-hmm. that QB controversy going through all that media attention. And he, he beat out Jalen Hurts at the end. So, yeah, when I when you, when you look at quarterbacks, you got to look at who they have and their weapons. And I see Tua, who might not even start. I mean, there might there there is going to be a little bit of uh, QB camp controversy I could see there with Tua. We know Josh Rosen, and as we just mentioned, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is even in there. I mean, who knows? It's Ryan Fitzpatrick. We never know. Fitzmagic <laughs> could come out of nowhere. Um, but I just I, I look at Joe Burrow and the quarterback who he is. It's just phenomenal, and he he's thrown at AJ Green, who is who could be a top three wide receiver in the league, if not already a top three wide receiver in the league. Mm-hmm. He has John Ross and uh, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon. So I think. What he has, his his weapons, is good enough for him to have a good long career um, if that offensive line holds up. Though, so. yeah, and that that's one thing you have to consider is that offensive line because the Bengals last year had an abysmal offensive line. If you look at, obviously Andy Dalton comes into play. He was definitely declining by the time yeah. the Bengals uh, yeah, got true. to got to last season, but his offensive line was garbage, and it does not help. That uh, if you have a new quarterback coming in who, who can't make any passes because he's never getting the passes off in time, mm-hmm. he's, he's scrambling constantly. And then there's always the injury bug. So um, looking at the Bengals, if Joe Burrow is going to succeed long term, they have to put the right pieces around him. They have to get him some some good offensive linemen um, in order to kind of take it to the next level. Going off your point, though, with, with A.J. Green. Yes, A.J. Green is a significantly better receiver than Devontae Parker with the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Who, by the way, that that's their best. That's the Dolphins' best receiver. But yeah, this, yeah. I will say, with with the Dolphins, they have um, Jordan Howard and Matt Breida um, at running back, who are um, for, uh, they're a decent um, um, one-two combo for running back. And then obviously with Coach Brian Flores, who's who's definitely taken this team right. from from like basement expectations to being a possible contender now in. The AFC East without wide the open. Patriots. It's wide open. Yeah. Like, I, I could I could see if Tua takes off and he's able to recover from his injury by the time the season starts, I could see the Dolphins coming out as either the 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 one seat or possibly the two seat, depending on how the yeah. Bills finish. 
uh, possibly the two seed in the East. And um, I, w- I would love to see them just take off and, and go for a playoff spot now, especially with the uh, with the new uh, playoff format with seven teams in each conference. Right. I mean, it, that is a good point. You could look at the four quarterbacks in the AFC East and argue that two is the best one because you got Josh Allen mm-hmm. with the Bills, and he's always a wild card. And then the Patriots. The who's Patriots. That, who's, who's, who's the Patriots? Yeah, I, I forget the guy's name. Hang on, let me let me look. look it I know up they really have quickly. they have they have Hoyer, but yeah, just, th- there's another guy who who Belichick was going to start. Oh yeah, Jarrett Stidham. Jarrett Stidham is currently the Patriots' starting wow. quarterback. Last I checked, he's and that's I mean he, he's he's probably a backup at best. You know, yeah. meant to kind would, of like step in if needed, but probably not to lead a team. And I don't think that that's going to be a long-term solution for the Patriots. So I do think that the Dolphins are going to finally get some revenge on the Patriots. Um, and then I guess the last team would be the the Jets, um, who I don't think have yeah, yeah. Uh, very uh, high I'm expectations. to see who um, is there. Who's, oh, Sam Darnold, of course. Totally forgot mm-hmm. about Sam Darnold. I've been away from football for too long. Yeah, Sam Darnold. <laughs> that, yeah, I he didn't he did not hit. Uh, oh, Joe Flacco. Mm. The Jets forgot about that too, right? But I don't think that's a huge improvement. I don't think, uh, yeah, Sam Darnold at this point. I see in his career. Joe Joe Flacco just going in there to be a mentor, and we've 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 seen that before. Um, but yeah, Sam Darnold did not live up to expectations of last year. I don't think Le'Veon Bell also. It was just a very underwhelming team. So yeah, I could definitely see the Dolphins with Tua winning the AFC East. Unfortunately, I don't I don't see the Bengals. At least in the near future, uh, with, with uh, right. Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, even uh, Big Ben is back. He'll be back. The Steelers. You can never count out the Steelers, mm-hmm. especially with Mike Tomlin. Um, and then the Browns. The Browns. Always, I mean, if always gonna... classically overrated the last couple Big, of years. Yeah. But, but you never know if they're ever gonna. Baker Mayfield's gonna decide to start throwing OBJ more or something. Who knows? Mm-hmm. So I think I think if you look, yeah, in terms of opponents, Joe Burrow definitely has a tougher. Uh, road to the playoffs, um, but he does have he has he has a better weapon. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see if the Bengals can win four games or five games this season. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great point. Um, and outside of uh, those two quarterbacks, there were a few other quarterbacks that were that was drafted right, yeah. uh, in the first round. Actually, I think I think you have a stat like um, one of yes. the most quarterback heavy drafts we've had in a long time. Yes, this was uh, the. Hold on, let me pull this. Yes, this was the sixth draft since 1967 to take three QBs in the in the top ten, and that amazes me. I, mm-hmm. for some reason, I don't know if it's a if it's one of those like Mandela effects, but I, I could have sworn a top like three QBs were taken in the top ten almost every draft. Uh, we we saw a lot of quarterback right. moves and a lot of teams sorely in need of a quarterback, and so I, I can't say that this was like unexpected, mm-hmm. except for of one of the guys, which we'll get to. Um, oh yes, 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 We'll get to that. But but let's just run through the let's just run through them all. So we have yep. Joe Burrow was the first overall pick, went to the Bengals. We had Tua, the number five overall pick, went to the Dolphins. Justin Herbert, which was immediately after, yeah, from, yep. from Oregon, who, yep. who went to the Chargers, and and that was interesting because well, just to interrupt really fast. Sorry, yeah. the it was leading up to the to the draft. We didn't know if the Dolphins were going to take Tua or Justin Herbert, mm-hmm. so. To put him in that conversation as well, you know, Tua or Justin, um, that's going to be another answer that, or uh, a question that that's going to be answered this upcoming season. That's I'm really looking forward to that. And I think he kind of has his own um, kind of an easy path. There's 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 no QB contention in uh, in uh, LA right now. Mm-hmm. Justin Herbert's the guy. 
And I think if, if anything's going to separate uh, Justin Herbert from Tua, it's that uh, QB controversy that might get to Tua. We'll have, we'll have to find out. And I think that uh, Justin Herbert will have, uh, I believe it's Tyrod Taylor, right, to compete with. That's um, all that is right. He, yeah, and there, and yes. I, I do think that out of all these quarterbacks outside of um, Jordan Love, who we'll get to in a second, yep. Tyrod Taylor is probably the best um, number two guy, maybe number one guy. Mm-hmm. And I think he might even get to start the season over Justin Herbert if they're not oh, satisfied okay. with, with how yeah. the two are kind of – if we're not satisfied where, where Justin Herbert is kind of going into the season. But That'll be interesting. Let's talk about the fourth quarterback Yes, uh, drafted number 26 overall by the Packers, Jordan Love. Joe, tell me how you're feeling about this pick. I cannot believe an organization would – disrespect their star quarterback as much as the Packers did. I mean, to draft a quarterback after Rodgers specifically asked for a wide receiver, Mm -hmm. they got Jordan Love. They needed a wide receiver. They needed a wide receiver. You got Devontae Adams, and that's it. I think think they also got Devin Funches also. um, But come on, you need wide receivers for Rodgers. We saw what happened in, I think it was a 2018 season, where Rodgers had no weapons. Mm -hmm. They went – they were seven and six or six. And six. It was one of, it was they, one they of those. Were like, yeah, there. They had like a pretty mediocre. Or something. Yeah, yeah. They were, they were definitely out of yeah. the playoffs. Though. They tied, I think like, the well, they, yeah, yeah. They went to the, they went to overtime with the Browns. I think, you know, it was just, it was, it was a bad season. Mm-hmm. And, and so what they did, they, they got their, their wide receiver weapons and now they're all gone again and they drafted a quarterback and I cannot believe it. And you, um, you heard it here first. Aaron Rodgers will be playing for the bears in three seasons. Okay, I, I, I don't know where that came from. That came out of nowhere. That is a hot take right there. Um, but but I do think that, that, that Jordan Love is is definitely going to mess up some things for the, this Packers organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think if you're a Packers fan and you're listening, you should be a, a little bit concerned because um, however this shakes out, I think that um, you know Aaron Rodgers is not going to be happy about this. I don't think he is. I think this, he's kind yep. of looking at Jordan Love and seeing like, okay, here comes my replacement. I think this, this guy's going to um, basically do what, um, what Aaron Rodgers did to Brett Favre, you know? Exactly. Um, and, and I think that that obviously with that situation, uh, Brett Favre was a lot more cold to the incoming Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. than Aaron Rodgers has been to Jordan Love, which is, which yeah. is to say a lot about, you know, Rodgers's character. But, but I still think that this is kind of a slap to the face. I, I don't so. know if, if Rodgers so. really knew this was coming, and no. all of a sudden they're they're essentially bringing in a first round quarterback when they didn't need one, when they have uh, exactly. a truly very talented quarterback already who could play for at least at least five more seasons. I think, mm-hmm. and I think he's still got a, a few more seasons yeah. at least. This is this upcoming season. I highly doubt would be his last, um, and I think that they they do have the Packers do have a legitimate chance if they had drafted a wide receiver or even just a tackle like just mm-hmm. just grab someone who can defend right, him right you know um and we always say history repeats itself and rogers was drafted in 2003 mm-hmm. but Favre retired or retired from the packers in 2007 mm-hmm. so we're going to see the same thing jordan love drafted in 2020 rogers retires 2024 comes back play for the vikings no but <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I as much as uh, that would be poetic and, and, and kind of a good story, I, I don't think that um, Jordan Love will ultimately become the Packers' starting quarterback. Okay. And I think that Aaron Rodgers will outlast him, and I think he will wow. outlast him because Aaron Rodgers is kind of a, a like a once-in-a-generation type talent. I mean, 
we're seeing I think we're seeing the next Aaron Rodgers kind of emerging with Patrick Mahomes yeah. um who who there's been so many comparisons between the two and their athletic ability and their their football IQ but um he really is definitely one of the greatest quarterbacks um in this era and he still has a lot left in the tank I think like I don't see him um, leaving the Packers, unless, of course, they, they, they really want him gone and they really force him out. I, I don't see Aaron Rodgers leaving that team. He has such good connections with, at the very least, the fan base and, and, and the, the city of Green Bay as a whole. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe Jordan Love eventually uh, takes over that top spot. But I do see the Packers maybe kind of realizing they've, they've made a mistake and, and, and trading away uh, Jordan Love in a season or two. Mm-hmm. Now, I like to respectfully disagree because you see you're right about that Aaron Rodgers is is really in tune with his fans in the city of Green Bay but we also thought you know Philip Rivers was in tune with the with the Chargers or uh some other big moves um Philip Rivers never won a championship right right there is that but you also look at the connection between Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur they had problems last season, mm-hmm. definitely, and I, I think a lot of that's to do with the age. I think Aaron Rodgers loves Mike McCarthy, and Mike McCarthy is in Dallas right now, and they have a QB situation going on over there too, with Dak Prescott asking for a little too much money. All right, hang on. Is he going to Dallas or is he going to Chicago? So, Where is he going? Bold take number two: If he doesn't go to Chicago in three seasons, he's going to Dallas in four seasons. Are uh, you heard to hear first? Heard to hear first. It Joe is. claims that Aaron Rodgers will be playing for the Bears or the Cowboys yes. in two or three it is, seasons. It is June 8th, 2020. <laughs> I'm saying that now for all you 2024 20, people. Aaron Rodgers will not be on the Packers in, in the next four years. I just I see Rodgers is too many. Um, okay, you could you could tell I'm I'm a Bears fan when I when I say Rodgers is very egotistical and he wants to be the biggest man in the room and he's not when you got Lafleur in there and. I think him and Mike McCarthy work really well. They won a Super Bowl together, obviously. And what Mike McCarthy is doing over there in Dallas, I actually really like bringing in. He has weapons. They have weapons now. Mm-hmm. And and I, I, I see, I don't think Matt LaFleur is um, really respecting Rodgers as, as much as, as he should be respected. Mm-hmm. And especially, yeah, just I cannot, I remember sitting there watching the draft. They got the quarterback and I just, I just kept thinking, wow, what a slap in the face. What a big slap in the face. And that's why I just I cannot see Rodgers <laughs> playing his entire career, especially of, this entire offseason has been big-name quarterbacks switching teams. And Ken Reeves not even playing for the Panthers anymore. We'll get to that. So I would not be surprised if another big-name quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, who is a Green Bay Packer, not be a Green Bay Packer very shortly. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that that is a very hot take. Um, and I guess we'll just have to see how things shake out. Um, but let's, uh, yeah, you mentioned uh, Cam right. Newton. Let's uh, let's right. talk about him and some of the comparisons that are, that are being made between him and uh, Joe Burrow. Right. So Joe Burrow and Cam Newton are the only two players to win the Heisman, win the national championship, and be selected number one in the same calendar year. And you look at that and you see Cam Newton's career. And I think he had a very successful career with the Panthers. Probably the best player in, in Panthers in Panthers, history. Exactly, exactly. But now, where, where is he? He doesn't have a Nowhere. team. Nowhere. Exactly. And that's, that's kind of what I 
am foreseeing with Joe Burrow. As I said earlier, I think Joe Burrow is going to have the best career, but it's not going to be the smoothest career. I think mm-hmm. he's going to have a lot of bumps in the road. Joe Burrow gives off some Johnny Menzel vibes with me a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I could see him playing a few years in Cincy, getting traded, playing a few years somewhere else. I don't know, but I, I, I do not see I, – I, I see Burrow's career kind of mirroring Cam's where it's it, it, it's going to be smooth for a couple of seasons and there, are, there will be hiccups for Joe Burrow. Do you think there will be a Super Bowl in there? Joe Burrow, I think or would, at least an appearance. I think there would definitely be an appearance for for Joe Burrow in the next few years. We, we we tend to forget the Bengals were a consistent playoff team just three seasons ago. That's true. They were a very consistent playoff team. They always met up with the that was the with a, a very average, yeah, with Andy Dalton, yeah, maybe exactly. a little bit above yep. average, and then a very average to a little bit above average mm-hmm. coach, co- coach in Marvin right. Lewis, right? And I think that they've definitely shaken things up, I and so. I guess we'll see. It's a it's Totally new core. Mm-hmm. So, and, I, and of course, it is going to be tough with Lamar Jackson in the mix now in that in that division. Because mm-hmm. um, I know when when the Bengals made it, it was really Bengals Steelers, right? And the Steelers were also the kind of that mediocre team, but the Steelers always best of the Bengals. So, I don't know. I could just i I see Joe Burrow going to a Super Bowl, and we're going to kind of see him and Cam Newton kind of go in the same path there. But uh, Cam Newton, mm-hmm. you seem is do you think? I honestly think he's going to be a backup this season. I think, so. I, I, I think it's, it's they've passed the point of um, him being a starter. I, I know that like Bill Belichick was probably one of his his best options to to become the starting quarterback of the Patriots, but now we're seeing that he's he's. I think Bill Belichick is just not going to go with him. Mm-hmm. He's gonna he's gonna go with the the backup for Tom Brady that we talked about before. Um, and that was really the last team kind of in dire need of a quarterback or, or that even could um, afford to pay another uh, starting salary uh, for, for a quarterback. And so I don't think that Cam Newton will, uh, at least at the beginning of the season, start for a team. Yeah, I, I totally agree. He is definitely not going to be a starter. Um, but I know personally, you know, as a, as a Bear fan, I w- would have much rather seen Cam Newton than Nick Foles. I don't know how you feel about that, but I just I, I think Nick Foles had one and a half really good seasons. That's all we got from Nick Foles. And Cam Newton, I feel like would have would have fit better in our system. Um, because Nagy would have given him that that uh freedom that he needs, I think. Mm-hmm. But I would have much rather have seen Cam Newton in a Bears uniform. You know, I have to disagree with you on this one because I think even just despite the fact that that, you know. Foles has a Super Bowl MVP under his belt, and Cam's only has a Super Bowl appearance where where he really kind of disappointed. Mm-hmm. I mean, he dove away from the ball uh, during that Broncos Super Bowl. I don't know if you remember that fumble. Yeah, he, um, he didn't go for it. Yeah. Right, right. So that and and yeah. I'm not saying that that's representative of both of their careers because I do think if you were to look at both quarterbacks' stats and abilities over the course of their careers, uh, Cam Newton is a much more solid quarterback. Um, maybe not. By a ton, though, I think that they're they're in a similar tier right now. If I was to rank them um, based on yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. So and and then for me, it comes down to just who they were able to acquire with the money that they had. And I think that Foles it definitely demands a, a smaller salary and a smaller mm-hmm. starting quarterback salary, um, just given the fact that he has been a backup before. He did, yes, he did win a Super Bowl with the Eagles, but he just essentially played for the Jaguars for a season and didn't accomplish much. And that, um, you know, I think that that was more the Jaguars organization's fault 
than it was Nick Foles' problem. And I think that the Bears do have a legitimate chance to kind of capitalize on Nick Foles and his abilities um, if they start him over Trubisky soon and they get the players accustomed to his play style. Um, I don't know if the same could be said about Cam Newton because I think if you had Cam Newton come in, um, they might have had to just drop Trubisky immediately based on mm. the salary demands of of, uh, of a player like that. So it'll be interesting yeah, to see. I think the, the competitive drive of, of Foles versus Trubisky that would be could good. be a good yeah. thing for the organization. Yeah. But you know, who it's knows? Foles is we, tired of being a backup, as we know. So right, yeah, that'll that'll be something to watch for us Bears fans. So that'll be. I mean, any any QB controversy with the Bears is, it, it, I feel like it's always good for us because we're always stuck. We've always felt stuck. We were stuck with, with, with Rex Grossman. We were stuck with Cutler. So now that we actually have two and we contenders, felt stuck with we felt stuck with yep. Trubisky, right. So now we got two contenders. Feeling, feeling a little better about this. Um, and it'll be exciting. And yeah, I don't really have a favorite coming out, Foles or, or uh, Trubisky, because really we we saw Trubisky in his sophomore season. And I thought he was, he was, gonna, he was phenomenal, going to start. Was that a sophomore season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a mm-hmm. sophomore season. It was really good, phenomenal, and I was I was happy with them. I thought, wow, the Bears actually have a quarterback. Um, and you could have said the same thing about Foles two mm-hmm. seasons ago as well. Um, but then both, well, Foles was injured for most of the last season. Trubisky, mm-hmm. obviously, we all know what happened with Trubisky. Yeah, Trubisky, yeah, right, abysmal. So I have no idea what side of uh, Trubisky we're going to see and what side of Foles we're going to see for uh, twenty twenty. But uh, whichever one, whoever it is, hope we get at least seven wins. <laughs> yeah, Something. maybe we'll sneak into that seven seed now. Yeah, uh, we'll yeah. Have to see though, what we'll the Bears is, yeah. uh, can accomplish. Uh, so this is a wrap from our uh, first episode of Second Take Sports. We hope you all enjoyed. Thank you all for tuning in. Appreciate y'all.